Welcome back, everybody, to the Dip Show, the Desert Island Pick Show. I'm your host, Thomas Martin. I want to welcome you guys back after a much longer than anticipated break. Um, for those that are actually uh, constantly following the show, you may have noticed that um, I not only missed a week, I missed several weeks. It's, in fact, we're just shy of a month since the last episode. I greatly apologize. I ran into problem after problem. Um, we had issues where one of the possible guests got sick. I got sick for quite a bit. There's been traveling for the holidays uh, here in, in the States. It's July 4th for 99.9% of my listeners. You guys are Americans anyway, but you know that's kind of what's been going on. So I do really, really, really want to apologize for that. Um, we are you know, going to be hopefully up and running here with a good handful more episodes that I already have planned, and then hopefully more on the way after that. Um, keep an eye out as well. Another podcast I've been working on with my buddy Julian, who was in the second episode of the show, also got delayed because of my illness and because of traveling and that kind of thing. So those are all in the works as well, too. Um, coming later than expected, but still on the way. Um, also, if you are a fan of the show or just you know interested, maybe it's your first time listening even, stay tuned at the end for kind of an important message about the future of the show going into the fall. Um, there's maybe some updates I think I'm going to try to do and, and that kind of thing that I want to inform you guys about uh, toward the end of the show, though. So today, uh, we are on episode eight of The Dip Show with a very special guest, uh, my own sister, Allison Martin, um, here to give her picks uh, and her... Uh, kind of desert island ideas. So, Allison, you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Allison. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so she's a little she she's a little microphone shy, I guess. Uh, she is a going to be a junior this year in high school. Uh, she's five years younger than me, so um, you know, grew up with her. She's awesome. I don't know, <laughs> but no, she's an awesome kid. Uh, she's involved. In, I'm just going to basically talk for you here for a second, Allison. Um, she is involved in everything you could think of in high school. She's a drum major in our high school marching band. She's uh, in the theater department. She does acting and stuff for one act. She does uh, UIL speech and debate type stuff. And she does all her class stuff. So, you know, she's, she's a really cool kid. I'm excited to kind of have her on um, and see what her picks are. And for you guys to kind of have a, an interesting episode with a kind of a fi- family dynamic that you may not have had earlier on in the season with just c- kind of some of my friends and stuff. So, anyway, Allison... Anything else you want to say about yourself since I already kind of introduced you? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So for those that aren't familiar, I always forget to do this, but I'm going to remember this time. The premise of the show is if you're stuck on a desert island and you can only bring uh, one of each of these types of media, what would you bring? And those types of media are you get one book, one movie, one TV show, one album, and one video game. And we have some bonus segments kind of thrown in the show here as well that we'll get to later. So, Allison, what is the first one you want to talk about? Remember, you can talk about it any order you want. Mm, let's go with movie. Okay. Okay. Movie it is. So, my first movie that came to mind was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Okay. Um, simply because, number one, it's my favorite Harry Potter book movie um, because it's the best. And I love uh, the colors, the environment. I don't even know. I could talk about it forever. It's a great movie. And then, mm, can I mention my second movie now? So, is, so was that your pick or was that your honorable mention? That was my pick. Okay. My okay. honorable mention would be Finding Dory because Ooh. it's a comfort movie for me. And I think they're they're about tied because um, I love both movies so much. And I feel like <laughs> I could watch Finding Dory more. So maybe that would be my number one. Um, but they're about tied, I would say. Finding Dory is just, I love the animation in it. I love the colors. I'm a big color person. And I love all the fish because I'm really big with like marine life. Because you want to work in an aquarium. Yeah, I want to work with like some kind of aquatic animals. Well, that's why I love Finding Dory was it wasn't just the open ocean. It was them mm-hmm. going to an aquarium and kind of having that environment. Especially with people forget that like Finding Nemo was pre 
like SeaWorld getting exposed. Yeah. And so Finding Dory was kind of interesting because they tackled a little bit about that. They kind of looked at a, like a little bit of it, you know? And you get to see other animals like you wouldn't really see. I mean, like with Nemo, we saw like a bunch of different kind of fish and like rays and stuff. But in Finding Dory, like we see whale sharks, we see beluga whales, we see like all these different things. And like, I love whale sharks. So I'm also, also <laughs> partial to that. But I just think it's a really cool film. And I think film, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's, we, we all have films, you know, that we think are like up there. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think also that Finding Dory is really cool because everything post, I want to say, up or maybe even Ratatouille is just even even better and better and better with animation. Mm-hmm. Like Pixar's early animation is kind of rough. Bugs Life and Toy Story 1 are really, really hard to watch in terms of its animation, I feel like. And with, uh, with Pixar in the middle, like Finding Nemo and stuff, it got really good. But with modern Pixar, like Incredibles 2, Finding Dory, um, Wally even, it's just incredible. And like Finding Dory, I remember being like, wow, this is really nice. And it's got such a cute story to it, too. Like, we yeah. definitely, obviously, it's about Dory, so we get to see more of her. But it's like, we get to see like a whole different side of her than we did in Nemo. Yeah, it's her real like origin yeah, story kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so back to your, your main pick, though. I love this movie, so I, I want to talk about it. God of Fire. Now, we, now we disagree on <laughs> Harry Potter movies, so I think that... The best movie is Prisoner of Azkaban because it's super cinematographer, c- cinematography focused and very artsy and kind of different. But why do you love Goblet of Fire? I love the entire aspect of the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. I love how it it's because with all the movies, you know, you're kind of just going into the classes and you're seeing like how it's a good Harry, point. Yeah, it, it takes a whole different like turn on it, like than we see in the the three movies before. Um, and I I love the characters in it. Like they bring in two different schools, obviously. <clears throat> and if you've never seen it literally get with the program no but um i mean we just get to see a lot more characters we get to see a lot more um parts of the magical world because oh, like yeah. they're going underwater that, they're going yeah. to see dragons they're well even the i love the intro so for the, we're gonna spoil mm-hmm. the hell out of this movie for <laughs> but what i love is you know we, we we both grew up on these movies uh me us and our mom and like we all read the books and stuff but like one, if you watch them in order and you've never seen them, one through three are pretty formulaic. Three is the where it kind of breaks a little bit. That's which is why I like it. But in terms of like how the school year is, the movie starts with Harry kind of, oh man, he's at home, and then he gets to go to school for the school year, and it's kind of the school year. What I love about four is, is you have that entire extended sequence at the Quidditch World Cup, and mm-hmm. it, it, for me, the magic world getting expanded really started with that because you see like other countries, you see other wizards, you see adult wizards. It's really really cool. And I think the thing with the, with the the tournament that I think makes it special is four. I think is maybe the first movie you can watch on its own if you don't even know Harry Potter and kind of get a good grasp on it, you know, because they really overexplain sure. things. Yeah, and it definitely. I mean, you just get to see it. Kind of puts it into perspective, like that this is not just a school in the middle of like England or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's 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 an entire world. Absolutely, but, like, they're yeah. kind of just hiding. Yeah, it opens up that world and, and the other schools and the other wizards and it's also, you know, a lot darker and stuff. And, right, it takes, yeah. you see like the first dark turn because like at the end, like I said, yeah. we're going to spoil this, like when Voldemort yeah. comes back, it's big. everyone's like, oh, like because, this is the first time we've seen him yeah. as a person. Well, I, I love Prisoner of Azkaban because it's so dark and it's different and Prisoner of Azkaban is like the first really dark film. Mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets is like kind of kitty dark but Prisoner of Azkaban is a personal darkness where there's like this kind of conflict between Harry and like personal family drama kind of stuff with a touch of the the Voldemort stuff but 4 is like no man this is bigger than even Harry this is like right. Voldemort's back kind of thing they're and finally diving into like what the rest of the films are absolutely. Be about absolutely I know we both agree on this like the, the final like from from 3 or 4 depending on what you what you like about them 3 or 4 onward both in the books and the films is leagues better 
than the mm-hmm. other ones because it gets into the darkness and kind of the but but I want to touch on something I want to know your opinion on this and of course you're in the middle of high school right now I've been through high school I love for looking back because to me it is the 1980s John Hughes 80s teen movie of Harry Potter where he has the big dance and he has yeah. you know the big game, <laughs> the big game quote unquote of Triwizard Tournament and stuff and it's like it's like it's a dark movie, but it's got those kind of fun elements. I mean, hell, they even all have their hair longer and right. stuff, you know? Like, it kind of just like adds everything together because even though we are still dealing with like something kind of separate from school, we're also seeing a lot of character development with Ron and Harry yeah, and Hermione. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we see our first kind of like love triangle because Hermione gets all upset yeah. about the ball and it's like a big thing. Well, and, and you notice like the first three movies, they're, they're these close together friends. And four is like in real life when you and your friend group kind of mm-hmm. get into high school and you go, maybe we all don't belong in the same friend group. And, yeah. like, they kind of drift apart for the movie, and they kind of find their way back together. Yeah, everyone kind of just finds their own way, too. I mean, like, for the first three, we're, they're all kind of just... Um, oh, what, do I, what was I going to say? Uh, it's just kind of we're seeing characters. Like, this just kind of sets up everything. Yeah, this I is the say... first, like... I feel like what you're trying to say is the first three just give you the basics. Mm-hmm. Here's what magic is. Here's what Voldemort is, whatever. Four is okay. We have this world now. We have these characters. Let's actually do something with them and like you know, kind of play in that mm-hmm. world. I, I think that's what it does. Like with, I mean, like like even with the Weasleys. Like with number two, with Chamber of Secrets, you get your first glimpse at the Weasleys and their house and that kind of thing. And it's cool, but you do not spend a lot of time there. With four, because of the the World Cup and them kind of taking Harry along on the trip, you right. see way more of that dynamic and the, that how that family is. And you know, and then like with um with Hermione. I mean, Hermione's great in the first three. And then, of course, three, I guess I forget. She really is really good with the, the, the time travel stuff. We're really spoiling both movies. Right? <laughs> um, but it's she gets that kind, of, that kind of mature, like, no, she's, like, having relationships and stuff. And she has, like, her own mindset. She's not just with Harry and Ron, like, mm-hmm. to kind of be there. She has her own personality. Yeah, and yeah. they're not just, I mean, like, now in four, they're not just little kids anymore that are like, Absolutely. oh, you got to take care of them. I mean, like, they're doing these things, these big high school things, like we were talking about. And, like, they're developing relationships. And, like, Harry's finally kind of having to realize, like, it's me or it's no one. Yeah. Like, I have to do yeah. this. It's not That's what I end. love about Goblet of Fire is you look... And, and there is something to be said about the magic of uh, Ron and Harry and Hermione acting as this kind of amazingly strong trio of friends. But the other side of that coin is there are moments where it's Harry alone. And I love that in 1, 2, and 3, you have these... Most of the, most of the big end fights or the end climaxes are... Harry with help from somebody, like, you know, like one and two are Harry with the help of Ron and Hermione, and then in two it's like him and the help of Dumbledore basically, mm-hmm. and three is just straight up all three of them in the middle of the big finale. This finale is literally, it's, it's it's as a kid it was so scary him stepping through this basically portal, and he is alone, and he is not only alone he's outnumbered, and mm-hmm. it's like yeah the group of friends that no matter how strong they are in that moment are gone, and I think right. that makes the movie so much more adult because it's there's not you know in the first one it's kind of cute because it's like. Oh, with the power of friendship, we can win this game thing. <laughs> no, this is like, no, this dude wants to kill you. you well, know? and I think it also, he realizes, like, Voldemort's not just, like, going to be there and he's going to be like, oh, look, it's Voldemort. Like, Voldemort's <laughs> going to get into yeah. these things. Yeah, I, like, Voldemort he, wants to kill you. He doesn't exactly. want to just stand I mean, he, he's going to find his way. Like, no matter what you do, yeah. he's going to find his way to you. Yeah. Like, we see with the cup and, like, transporting yeah. in that last scene. And then, like, oh, it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> well, also, one thing, too, that is cool that people don't realize is, like, Four was really where, like, the budget kind of kicked up to full throttle, where they had the effects to do a freaking dragon. 
and like right. crazy stuff. Like I mean, one through three had cool stuff. There's a cool snake in two and that kind of thing. But but four had like the dragon and like the crazy underwater stuff and you know. And I think that's one reason I enjoyed it so much. Is like I hate watching a movie or a show that stays in like the exact same setting. Yeah, the entire it doesn't movie. move. Yeah, like this one, we got to see the most of everything. Kind of like oh, I said, yeah. the most of the oh, wizarding, yeah. wizarding world. But like even in like three, yeah, we got to see more of Hogwarts yeah. grounds. But like but, we got to see still. underwater. We're going yep. to see dragons. We're yep. gonna see everything. Even just little glimpses yeah. of like, oh look, Ron's brothers working with dragons up in wherever it was. Yeah, because one through three was very much like, hey, we have the budget to show Hogwarts and we can kind of allude mm-hmm. to like a bigger forest or whatever. This was like, no, we have Hogwarts, we have the Quidditch field, but we also have a big like stadium for like the dragon. We ha- I guess it was the Quidditch pitch for mm-hmm. that. We also have this underwater zone with like all these like docks and stuff. Right. You know, it felt so much bigger of a world because of that. Mm-hmm. And it was really, yeah, I agree with you. It was awesome. And that's why I think it feels like kind of the first like teen movie because they're not little kids at school anymore. They're teenagers. You know, when teenagers at high school, you get better privileges and you can go around, you can walk around and do kind of your own thing sometimes. That's what it felt like to me was they right. weren't stuck in the freshman dormitories of Hogwarts, they were old enough to go off and do things. And I mean, go. he was competing in the, yeah, the exactly. Wizard tournament. Absolutely. I mean, it was crazy. And, like, that whole thing of just, like, him getting chosen just goes back again to, like, Harry is the one that has yeah. to save everything. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the, the chosen doesn't matter one, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's yeah. the chosen one. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I, I, there's a really funny, uh, this dates me a lot. This makes me seem really old because nobody uses this app anymore. But Tumblr, years and years and years and years ago, when I was, a, like, a young kid, I was on there, whatever, and there was, like, you know, Harry Potter stuff, and there was a really cool fan-made trailer for Goblet of Fire with, like, some, like, 2000s indie rock song, <laughs> that, and the way they cut it, it was like a teen movie, where it was, like, a it was like a fun, like, like summer, like, teen show. movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it really works, because I think Goblet of Fire really is that. I think Definitely. It, I think there is the kind of tension of Harry and Ron and Hermione kind of getting pulled away from each other, or doing it to themselves by, like, kind of having fights and stuff, but I think it does make Harry stronger, where bro like it's you like you've got to have some personal kind of confidence and some personal individual strength to do this stuff and i think in four he really shows that and i, I like it for that it's for probably sure. it's probably honestly my second or third favorite movie i got uh half Blood prince is up there i think too i just love half Blood prince but mm-hmm. um yeah i think four is just a phenomenal pick i think for especially for you know if you're you know me and you are both big harry potter fans or whatever but if you and i were to like Pick a Harry Potter movie, right? So, like, Washington Desert Island. This would have to be, I think, probably my number one. Because even though I like Christian Raskin more as a film, I couldn't rewatch it the whole time. You right. Know? This, because of all the different characters and the settings and the little games and all the different stuff, it just, you know, usually when you watch a movie and it's over stuff with, with things, it kind of gets tedious. Like, you know, me and you, I showed, um for the, for the listeners, I showed Allison for the first time all the Star Wars movies about a year ago or so because she'd never seen them. And I grew up in this, like, Star Wars is, like, my favorite thing, my favorite, I guess, fandom or whatever. And one problem with some of the Star Wars movies is they just overstuff some of them. Mm-hmm. With Harry Potter, <laughs> that I think is kind of a benefit for this film because it's it's never done badly. And when it's done, it gives you more to kind of think about and look at and kind of rewatch. You know, like you, right. like you rewatch. Imagine just rewatching it and focusing on like one of the schools, like only focusing on the French school and just seeing where those characters are in the background and what they do. You yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, I rewatched it a few months ago for the first time since I watched it in COVID. Rewatched it all then, yeah. and then I rewatched it um, a few months ago, and it's just like I was just noticing more and more things, and yeah. it's it's just so crazy because it's it's not too detail oriented where it's like you just have so many things to focus on, you're missing three different storylines. Yeah. But, but it's still got the Easter eggs and the th- exactly, yeah. and that's one reason I just love all the films so much because it's like it's not boring me. Yeah. I'm not just watching seven movies of the exactly. same yeah. building. See, like, I, I've, I've got to rewatch them. My big thing is I want to reread at least some of them, 
Every mm-hmm. time I say that in the past 10 years that I've tried, I get to Prisoner of Azkaban, the book, and I'm like, oh, this is great, and then I get sidetracked. Right. Because the first two don't take you long, but they definitely kind of feel very kiddy and very, you know. So I think if I ever try to rewatch it, I'm gonna actually going to start with Prisoner or Goblet and just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Because I always remembered, um, kind of side tangent about Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix is, to me, the best book, but it has criminally the worst movie. So for those that don't know, Order of the Phoenix, by far, is the biggest Harry Potter book. It's like a Lord of the Rings book where it's just massive, but for some reason, the movie is the shortest movie. And it's yeah. just... I remember when it came out in theaters and being like, whoa, what? Like it's, it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very... It cuts out so much. Um, and Goblet of Fire, I think, honestly, in my opinion, may be the best book-to-movie adaptation for Harry Potter because it does keep so many of those little itty-bitty things and really kind of funny things. Um, and it adds to the movie, I think. Right, and there was so much, like... You could have easily cut something out, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember there was one book, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they just cut out, like, an entire character. Oh, yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And so, like, I feel with Harry Potter, especially Goblet of Fire, they could have done it. I mean... Yeah, they easily... I mean, they could have cut out an entire school, they could have cut out... Or just changed things, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. not done some of the conflict between... Like, change some of the love... love Yeah, or, like, the conflict between Harry and Ron and stuff. Right. To kind of simplify it, but it really does add to the character and Mm -hmm. stuff, you know? And I think that's why this is one of those... One of the first movie or first first two movies, if you count three, that elevate Harry Potter from a extremely kiddie, almost straight to VHS kind of movie to a more actual kind of young adult. I mean, you know, for those that don't know or those that are too young or don't care enough to pay attention to it, Harry Potter really started the whole young adult novels turning into movies thing for the mass audience. I mean, it really was the kind. As far as I can remember, it was the spark, and then you had stuff like Hunger Games and Divergent and whatever. And Harry Potter really wasn't that at the first few movies. It was just kind of its mm-hmm. own little thing. And when it became three and four and the budget increase and the action increase and they were older, it became this big series. And I think four is the like the kind of most well rounded of them, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. I, I would I would agree. Yeah. So yeah, great pick. No, that's phenomenal. <laughs> I love talking about it because that movie is so good. And it, the, you know, all this, all the Harry Potter movies to me have seasons to them. They don't all go in order. Like, you right. know, like they don't go spring, summer, fall, whatever. But like to me, Goblet of Fire is such an autumn movie. It's such a, like, fall uh-huh. movie, you know? And I just, to me, it is, like, the kind of, what's funny is, like, it's because it's the World Cup sequence and also the all the Triwizard Tournament stuff, but it gives me that vibe of, like, tailgating a football game, like, the mm-hmm. first game of the year, or kind of, like, you know, getting into that season of, like, a big game and the whole town's a buzz and that kind of thing. Well, and I think it's funny because, like, that movie actually, I feel like, goes through, like, all four seasons because you oh, see it from does. beginning yeah, to end true. because of the Triwizard Tournament, which... That's another thing. It's so crazy to think that was all year long because you literally just see like it in a movie. A few things, yeah. That's a whole other thing. Um, but like it also helps. I always laugh because of the haircuts. You mentioned that earlier, but like yeah. everyone criticized. It's like that. it's like in the seventies. They all like, have the long hair. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what are they doing with their hair? Like, are you yeah. not gonna cut? Because in, in one and two, they're little bitty kids, so it's not a uh-huh. big deal. Three, they have kind of the shorter early two thousands look, and then yeah, in four, they have like. 1970s kind of not bowl cuts but like the long kind of shaggy, shaggy hair yeah. yeah and then in five it just flips right like harry has like not a buzz cut but a but a damn ooh. short cut it's mm-hmm. very very weird yeah and i think it definitely plays into their age too that's another thing i've yeah. never understood about yeah. the harry potter movies is like they're supposed to look so much younger than they do yeah yeah but that's always a problem so yeah that was a great pick so you did movie what's next well, let's talk about tv show okay um, I am the biggest advocate for Jane the Virgin. Okay. It's my favorite show ever. I don't even think you've seen I it. I somehow didn't know you were into the show. It's my favorite show of all time because it goes back to that whole, I hate watching a show that's in one setting the entire place. Mm-hmm. This show has so many plot twists, so many, for those of you that don't know, it's literally like um, an American telenovela. That's kind of like what their approach is on it because like it's a lot about that. Yeah. Um, 
And so they have so many plot twists, like three different storylines where like everyone has their own plot twist. Yeah. Like, it's insane. There's not a moment that I was watching that show that I would sit, I always tell people this. There's not a moment I would watch that show that I was sitting there and I was like, I'm so bored. I can't continue to watch this. Because I have started pretty much every show out there. I started Grey's Anatomy. I started Pretty Little Lies. I started all these different things. The only two shows I've ever finished, well, okay, unless you count like shorter ones like Stranger Things. Yeah. The only two big shows I've finished are Switched at Birth and Jane the Virgin. Simply wow. because I cannot finish anything. Yeah. I just, I don't have the attention span. I don't have focus. Even The Good Place. That's a pretty short show. Yeah. I couldn't finish that. Like, I just can't do it. Wow. And so these shows kept me so, like, on edge that I was like, well, Switch to Birth is kind of not really. But Jane the Virgin kept me such, like, on edge. I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to watch it. The only time I really stopped watching it was because I would get so angry at the characters because, like, they weren't doing what I wanted them to. Or, like, yeah. they kept, like... Um, like just taking steps backward in like this storyline I was just like no don't do that Yeah. and I would just have to stop because I was like I can't do this like I, it was making me angry in real life <laughs> so this is the show you'd want to rewatch over and over? yes I'm doing it right now I'm rewatching wow. it like, and I'm not a big rewatching person yeah. like I think like, I know that yeah for stuff, sure you're always like looking for something new mm -hmm. yeah. well and same with books like I don't reread books I don't do yeah, any of that yeah. this show is just so like there's so many details and you look how back how many seasons were there there's five and they're wow. about like 45 minutes an episode how many episodes um, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, there's a good amount, probably like, I would say close to 15 a season. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean, a lot. it's just that's a lot of content. And well, and there's so much because like this show is just so crazy and yeah. the characters are so in depth and then you lose some characters and you gain some characters and like you have small characters come in that end up being big characters. Yeah. Like, yeah you get attached it's to insane. And, or you get attached to a character and they leave yeah. and it's like, no, yeah. um, there was just, and like even, you know, a show, like if it's getting toward the end of the season it's or like the it's series yeah it's gonna die down it's yeah, gonna be like absolutely. this is so boring but in this show i'm not gonna spoil it because it literally ended like last year or two years ago it, they have the this gigantic plot twist last <laughs> season like or second to last season last episode and you're left on the huge like the biggest cliffhanger cliffhanger ever and you're like oh my god I, what like what am i gonna do yeah. i remember watching it it was at like a midnight and everyone was asleep, and I gasped so loud. I was afraid my mom was gonna come, like, wake me up because I was, like, hurt. <laughs> it was, it's so crazy. And it's just, it, they have stuff like that every episode, was, I swear. Was the plot twist the big in one? Was it that she's not a virgin? Was that it? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Definitely but, not. But no, I, I know the main premise because I remember seeing trailers for it. For those that don't know, it's basically this woman that she's a virgin and she's kind of like, you know, a young woman trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life or whatever. And she goes to this clinic for basically a checkup. And the doctor accidentally, artificially inseminates her mm -hmm. uh, that was planned for another couple. And then she has this child. Right. And the couple, it was like, it's this whole thing because it was their last sample. And then oh this girl, Jane, God. she was uh, literally about to get engaged to this other guy. Like, it's this whole thing. Yeah. And that's all in the first episode. Wow. And then you find out, like, there's a bunch of family drama with the, the guy that it was his sample. Like, it's yeah, everything. Yeah, it just goes on and on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first episode really does hook you because you're like, wow, there's a lot I mean, more a to very, this story very, than very you very, very fascinating premise. Like, mm -hmm. I will give it that. It's it's a very interesting premise. It's really, really crazy. And I just, I just, I go on about it for hours because yeah. I love the show. I love, like, the characters are so, like, you see them change so much. Because, like, one of the main guys, his name's Raphael. And um, he, it, it was his sample. And he just, you see him go from this, like, jerk, arrogant guy to this amazing person, right? Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but this amazing person. And there's just so much character development. You yeah. see 
you see new uh, couples get brought up. You see new relationships be yeah. built. You see relationships break down and be repaired. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's a journey. It really is. <laughs> that I'll be honest. That's fascinating. I, I I'm glad that we did the podcast because I did not know that yeah. about you. So that's interesting. It's that I mean I just it's it's crazy that shows I, I'm like I said very short attention span. Yeah. And I just there are a lot of great shows out there that I'm sure if I stuck with them I would love. I mean, Grey's yeah. Anatomy. I love medical stuff. I love drama. Um, but I just I can't sit there fifteen to seventeen no, I seasons you, yeah. of that. You know? that's the problem, right? Is there's with Netflix and Hulu and stuff. There's because we can stream stuff. There's too much to pick mm-hmm. from. And then when you try to get into it, I've been like that where I'll get halfway hooked into something and then I go, oh, wait a minute, this is like ten seasons. I don't mm-hmm. want to watch all this. You know. Well, and I think it definitely helped that it was already completely out by the time. Oh, I nice. Came, yeah. Like I started to watch it because it ended in I think 2019, yeah. and I started watching it during COVID, and so um, I started like. I've started plenty of shows on TV, my yeah. mom and I have, where we start them and then we're like, wow, this looks so good. And then, and then just, we yeah. get so caught up and so busy. It's like, I don't want to wait another week for yeah. an episode. Like, yeah. if I could sit down and watch yeah. it all right now, then I definitely or, would. Or for me, it's not just the week thing. Because like for me, all of the shows I've ever binge watched or finished have already been out like for years, like The Office, Parks and Rec, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they've been extremely short run or they've been like newer shows that I can watch kind of week to week. So like for instance, WandaVision or like Falcon Winter Soldier. Right. But for me, the shows that really, like, if they're newer, that I just can't keep up with, aren't the week-to-week ones. It's they'll release either all at once or week-to-week, and then there's a big hiatus. Mm -hmm. It's like Stranger Things, right? We've talked about this. We used to be really into it. I never finished the third season. And because the fourth season is, like, at least it was, like, indefinite. I think it's coming out, like, this fall. I just haven't had no motivation to go back and watch it because it's like, well, it's not going to be out. The next one's not going to be out forever. No, you know? because like by the time it comes out, I'm going to have forgotten everything. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm going to have yeah. to rewatch it, so, but I don't want to sit through it again. Yeah. So that's kind of like you'd rather wait, you know? Like there's mm-hmm. some shows I found recently that I find it's like, oh, it's only one season and it's been done for 20 years. Oh my God, right. great. I'm going to watch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that. I totally get that. It's, so it's a really good show, though. So that's a great thing. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. All right. So next you, you have book, game, album, or. That's it. Hmm. Let's go with game. Ooh, okay. Okay. So I'm not a big game person. I mean, like, I have a Switch and I play my Switch, but, like, I'm not a super yeah. huge video game person, right? But two games, I always have two. Um, I would say, okay, I know what I'd do my my honorable mention. I'll start with my honorable mention. Okay, yeah. It's a game on the Xbox called The Witness. I don't oh, even, yeah, yeah, I don't even know how it got on there. I, it's because like, I had free yeah. games of gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if those are not Allison, like... She'll like, she has her own Switch, but her, and when it comes to other games, either it's the Wii that we grew up with as a family, or it's the Xbox One that I had all kinds of stuff on that she would just kind of play once in a blue moon. So The Witness was a free game I got. It's a great puzzle game, though. Right. It's really good. And, okay, I might have, like, looked up the answers for half the puzzles, <laughs> but it was super cool because, I Don't mean, Don't spoil it, though. I haven't, like, finished it. Right. It's a puzzle game that you just go through all these different, like, what would you even call really it? Really abstract environments. Yes. Like, yeah. And, like... I don't... It's like a dream. Exactly. Almost. And there's almost like a story to it. There is, just, yeah. yeah. I don't know all of it, so like, I don't it's, want to spoil it for right. anyone. But I, haven't, yeah. I haven't played it in so long. I mean, like, yeah. it's been since like middle school probably. And it's just a really pretty game. It's a good game to just sit down and kind of like... That's why I love puzzle games, down. yeah. There's yeah. other ones I think you would like that I would also like probably. Mm-hmm. Like Firewatch, where there's a similar okay. level, like you're kind of... It's a very ambient kind of indie game, which is what the witness is, where you're kind of just walking around and you're like a um, you're a forest fire watcher, like the middle of Montana or something, or Idaho or whatever, and you're like trying to discover this mystery or whatever. There's right. also stuff like Portal where you're doing puzzles and stuff, and you can kind of have 
kind of like a you know yeah. a story in the background almost, but you can just also kind of check your mind out and just kind of play it, you know. Yeah, because like shooter games, like those stress me out. <laughs> like I don't do it with time, and ooh, yeah. it's it's stressful. But like these, you can just kind of like float through or like <laughs> look up the answers if you want to just look yeah. at the environment. <laughs> um, but my top pick <laughs> would have to be Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2016 <laughs> edition specifically. Because, oh my god! <laughs> so <laughs> when we got the Xbox and. Um, we got like, I don't know if we got two games or what, but like our parents specifically bought me a game because they knew like, oh, so you didn't want to play something with me. Yeah. yeah. So I got Lego Marvel superheroes because at the time I was very obsessed with Marvel and superheroes of all sorts, which like, I mean, I'm still interested in them, but just not as like, not as much, not yeah. to the effect yeah. I was. So they bought me this game and I was like, oh, cool. Like interesting. And I, it was amazing. Yeah. I played through, through like all the levels I could. I mean. It was really weird because you would get to these certain levels and then like you would play through all like the ones you could and then you'd have to like go around this town doing like free different little games. Yeah, side missions. Yeah. Right, side missions and like you would have to like gain points to go to the next level. So I don't even know if I ever finished the game. But you there had like a lot of fun so with much it. To yeah. Do. yeah, and I remember learning about new characters from this yeah. game. Yeah. Like there were characters I never even knew existed and I was like, wow, I know them now because yeah. I was never a big comic person or I never really like, I didn't have time to watch all the movies. It was yeah. like a little... Yeah. Sixth grade. Yeah, you were young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so this game just like, uh, every time I think about it, it just brings back my love for superheroes because it's like, yeah. it just reminds me so much of my childhood because I used to spend so much time playing yeah. it. Which is it's, like, I, I'm kind of excited for you to play because now that I got you into Star Wars, um, the new Star Wars Skywalker Saga game looks incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited like, to do that. For those, so I'm kind of, it's kind of cool that she mentions that game because like, She's a good five years younger than I am, but I grew up on like the OG Lego Star Wars games, Lego Indiana Jones, and stuff like that. And if anyone has ever played a Lego game, you you will probably remember that like Lego games are very kind of very very simple and linear and stuff. Um, Lego Marvel Superheroes, I remember kind of playing it with you or seeing a little bit of it. Is a little bit more open world, a little bit more open, but even that's still pretty on rails. Like okay, go do this, go do that. There's not a lot to do. The new St- Star Wars one is like totally changing up the formula where you can like walk around these big open environments and you can kind of do different stuff and all that stuff and now that you're into it and I'm into it I'm kind of excited to play it with you because that's right. like the Lego games are just so much fun like for the family you know yeah I'm really excited to play that and also like even like when we um rewatched Star Wars I went I went straight to it and I played Lego Star Wars on yeah. the Wii we had yeah well the, the Lego Star Wars Complete Saga is like the just I think the best like Lego game. It's mm-hmm. just so good. I mean, I haven't played too many, but it's it's a really good game. <laughs> yeah. I would spend hours like literally. I, I was like, "Wow, I'm 16, sitting here playing a Wii Lego game. Like, <laughs> look at me." <laughs> but it was worth it. It was. It's a good game. It's a really good game. But yeah, Lego Marvel Superheroes. I'll have to see if I can find you the newer one, or if you can find the newer one, because yeah. there was another one they came out with. Because the problem was, I remember when they came out with that Marvel Superheroes game, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was like halfway through its mm-hmm. like original phases. And so, like, it was not even, Civil War hadn't even happened yet. And so, I know they they had another one before Infinity War that was, like, way more of the the, the MCU stuff. And so, I'm curious if that one's any good. Um, But, yeah, that's a great pick, though. Well, and I remember I used to just, like, go on it. Because, like, you could do free play, you know, on it. I would just go on it, and I would get in cars, and I would drive like I was an actual citizen. (laughs) I was like, why am I stopping at traffic lights? But it just entertained me. I mean, it was just one of those games where it was so... And this goes back to, like, I don't like being bored. It was so big. There were endless possibilities. Do, yeah. There were side missions. There were other things where you just destroy everything to get coins. Like, it was so fun to me. Yeah. And it would keep me entertained for hours on end. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. You have album and you have book left. we got a few side things we'll do, too. 
here and there. But I, I remember, I would say, I would say, I would suggest save your most favorite thing for last. Is my opinion on that. Okay, one. we're gonna go with book then. Okay. Okay, I have an honorable mention yeah, and a top it. pick, but I think they're both tied because I think they would both come in use for different things. So number one would be my animal encyclopedia. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> for those that don't know me, I am a huge lover of all animals. I could talk about animals like 24-7 yeah. all the time. Never stop talking. Um, and I have like so many animal books. I have biology coloring books. Yeah. Old textbooks. I mean like it's things you'd be like, are you okay having it? Like what? Uh-huh, this it's, is weird. It's so funny because you're like the like, opposite of me. Like mm-hmm. for those that know me in person, like I'm a very like liberal arts, like politics and history and English kind of guy. And I get nerded out over government and history. <laughs> and she is so much a STEM person. And like she can go crazy with the biology and like the medical stuff and the animal stuff and the zoology. I mean like literally for Christmas, I asked for like a Charles Darwin biography. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, this is so cool. And I have a whole shelf on my bookshelf just for science yeah. and biology books. And so I have an animal cyclopedia that's like, it's really big. And it tells all about these different kinds of animals and talks about like um birds wings and like the different or <laughs> butterfly wings and, like the different patterns or yeah. like eyes of like big cats and different animals yeah. and how like they have different like shapes and yeah, things like for different meanings. Stuff, yeah. Bird beaks, which is a big thing with like yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. there's just so many things about it. And even on a deserted island that would come in. No, that would be helpful. really cool though. Yeah. But it's just like I I mean I've had it for a while and I've like I I read it every now and then, but like there's just so much information. To look in at. It. Yeah. You could yeah. be sitting there reading it for hours. Like it's Absolutely. really cool. But another one of my picks would have to be Alice in Wonderland. Really? So, as a kid, I remember, like, there were only a few chapter books I started reading. I mean, I started reading chapter books at a very young age. But, like, um, ones that really stuck with me, like the classics, were, like, Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz. And I remember Alice in Wonderland just fascinated me simply because the... Um, oh, what's the word? Like, the world of it was so mystical yeah, and, like, different. Yeah, it was different. so out there. Yeah. It was so crazy. And... I lo- and I was in a musical when I was younger too, which also helped for it. And so like seeing it was just like, it was so cool seeing everything come to life. I just loved the book. And I remember buying like a mini version of it at like Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And I had like the cover was just so cool because there's so many characters yeah. and there's so many different things that go into the world. Yeah. It's just such a simple, like kind of mm-hmm. awesome world. It's so fantastical. I remember doing a book report on it in like sixth grade, seventh grade. Yeah. And I remember what's funny is. I, the book I got from the library that was Alice in Wonderland came with the uh, with the through, through the Looking Glass, which is the sequel, mm. and that one sucked in my opinion. Yeah, I never read but that. But the first one, no, like, but the first one, yeah, it's so cool and like just out there. Well, just even crazy. if you watch the movie, I feel like it's still so different. I mean, like, there's yeah. there's characters that aren't even included, but you know, or I feel like maybe it's been years, but I mean, it's just it's one of those movies that I don't think I realized how much like I enjoyed it until I looked back on it years ago. Like I was rearranging my bookshelf and I was like, yeah, I want this shelf to be like my top picks. You know, I want this yeah, to be like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. best of the best. And I picked up Alice in Wonderland and I was like, you know what? I am going to put it on there because it was so like, and I guess since I did the musical, I had so many memories tied to it. So it was like, it's such a big part. Like I put it on there and like, it also is funny. Cause like I used to, people used to call me like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Cause like that was my name. So it's like that too. And just like, Little things like that yeah. kind of just reminded me of it all the time. It's a really good book. It's a good pick. That's interesting. Yeah. Very, very good. All right. So with book, the one thing that I was going to ask you about was comic book. I know you used to read a lot. I know you don't read like the specific issues or specific like graphic novels, but I remember you were really big into one kind of comic. I'm curious if that would be your pick. So I if mean, you could bring like one character or one like oh, comic. Characters. You know what I'm saying? Like one like, because I know mm-hmm. you don't read specific ones, but like one 
uh, superhero or one superhero group or whatever if you could bring. Because I have <laughs> the one I would guess for you. I am a huge X Men fan. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I love X Men. I feel bad because I haven't even, like, the recent movies that come out, I haven't even oh, well, seen them because, garbage. like, they're really bad. Okay, good they're to really know bad. that. But, like, yeah. I was a big X Men person, and this all stemmed from that Marvel game, honestly. Because, like, I knew about Marvel, but I got this game and. Mom was like, oh, this will be fun for you. And then I started playing it. And I was like, oh, there's so many characters. Yeah. And so that's what really got me into my big fan of it. And I really like Iceman. Like, I don't even know why. I just think he is so cool. Yeah. And like, I have, I went to Comic-Con one year. Fun fact. I literally went to Comic-Con. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, which like, it's, I'm not ashamed, but like, it was really cool. But I went to. <laughs> well, our, like, <laughs> our local one, correct? Right. Our I local mean, <laughs> one, we are in, uh, we are in, uh. Uh, Waco, Texas. <laughs> it is a very, 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 very local uh, <laughs> um, comic con. So it is, you know, it's. You I mean, know. it was a good exposure for me at a young age because I mean, I, I was kind of intimidated to go to like a yeah, big Dallas yeah. Comic Con. Yeah, at, like, which I had gone to before I? that, and those are kind of scary because mm-hmm. they're a lot. Like, I mean, I was a little ten year old me. I yeah. was like, I'm not gonna go to this comic anyway, but. I went there and like I remember every single thing I would see X-Men I was like oh, no way they have it because yeah. I wouldn't see it in like mainstream stuff because well, like you even though the why? movies were out because <laughs> so I don't know if you know this and this will be interesting for our listeners so the way it worked was and, and I hate to always reference Julian because you know he's like he's like one of the people I probably have said the reference the most on the show but Julian yet again is like my big comic guy that I kind of ask about stuff because he knows so much and he explained this to me that Marvel in the 90s were about to go bankrupt, and they sold off basically their most popular IPs, their most popular intellectual properties, to studios to make movies and stuff to save the company. And those were stuff like X-Men, Spider-Man, um, Hulk. And so when it came to do the MCU with Iron Man, they picked Iron Man because literally nobody... Iron Man was a C, not even a B. He was a C-tier character. <laughs> and they actually picked him because in a focus group, and this is what I've heard, but this could be totally wrong, but I swear I've heard this multiple times, uh, the Marvel execs had these focus groups of kids and would, ha- would have, like, toys of uh, Iron Man and some other heroes. And he was the one people kept picking because he looked cool. And so I mean, yeah. they made Iron Man. And then they made, of course, Thor, Captain America. Those were all B or C tier characters. Their big ones were Spider-Man, Hulk, X-Men. But they didn't have the rights to make them. Mm. So then the X-Men movies that are really popular that I think you should watch, I think I've shown you some of them, are the 2000s ones. So, like, X, just called X-Men. And there's, like, I, X, I there's X2. Those. And there's, like, the X-Men. The third one is one I don't remember if I ever saw. Those are actually pretty decent. Um, there were some reboots as well. Like there was First Class, which I loved. There was uh, Daisy Future Past, which is based off of like their most popular or one of their most popular comic book runs, which is really kind of complex. Like very kind of complicated, but very fun. And then they got into and this was probably when you were still in middle school. The most recent ones, which are really bad. Like they're based on some really good storylines, but they're just not well made. And especially compared to like the Marvel, like the MCU films, it's just it's night and day. And so the thing is, what's funny to me is to me X Men are kind of just common because I know about them but for someone like you who grew up right in the middle of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. being the biggest thing in the world X-Men were not advertised like there are probably no. kids out there that don't even know about Wolverine but love Captain America you know right or but they see Wolverine and they're like oh he's yeah. X-Men and what's funny who? is X-Men was like one of their biggest brands and so they've actually bought for those that know they've bought Fox and all that kind of stuff they've merged with them or whatever you want to call it so we'll be getting X-Men like new films and stuff yeah. in the next probably 10 years or so I think they're going to wait a bit, but... Right. Yeah, and like it would be cool to watch the old ones and then go back and then when they release them again, I'll be like, oh, it's like my childhood. Yeah, because X-Men know? really is kind of this like interesting thing where they used to be the hottest stuff on the planet for Marvel, and now they're... 
I would say kind of second tier, and at least for movies and stuff. Right. And so that's cool that the game had those characters and you were able to see that because you couldn't see it in the film. You mm-hmm. couldn't see it in like, the shirts or anything like that. Right. You know? And I mean, I also thought it was cool because I wasn't like one of those the second million kid that's like, I love Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, no it's hate different. to anyone that loves Iron Man. But no, it's... But it was cool to kind of yeah. have like a character that not everyone knew that I was like, yeah, I love Iceman. You know, like, yeah, you don't yeah. know him, he's my favorite. And like I would go to, like I said, Comic-Con and they had this thing and it was like a comic book and you could like, this artist was there painting it. Yeah, and yeah. I got like a my own painted version of like Iceman on this comic book. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing ever because like, it wasn't just one that, like you would go pick up at the store. Obviously not. Like yeah. it looked unique. Yeah, I remember. Really I remember cool. got that from uh, either Waco or Dallas. I had one because I loved Captain America. Of him, it was some artist that did a special mm-hmm. one of him. You know, it's always kind of cool to have right. that. I will say one thing that X Men I think is really cool about is it, is that they're all teenagers. They're all like young kids. And right. Stuff. And so it has that extra element of like these guys aren't billionaires. They're not. Their lives are not put together. You know, they're just mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure it out. You know. Yeah. And I remember seeing, like, the Iron Man films and the Captain America films as growing up. And, like, they were really cool characters, don't get me wrong. And I love the actors that play them. But I think X-Men was just so, like, under... I don't want to say underground, but, like, underrated. No, 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 but underrated. I understand what you're saying. And mm-hmm. especially for, like, your... I mean, we're in the same generation, for God's sake. But for someone that is in that era, that grew up in middle school and high school, in the past, like, five years, X-Men have really been at kind of one of their lowest points. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Especially because... It would, it, would, it would be one thing to be an X-Men fan in 2009 when the MCU is just getting started. But to be an X-Men fan when Endgame and Infinity War is happening, it's like, dude, there's no comparison. Like, right. You know, like, because like, like, I remember being in the theaters, and I and I do like X-Men a lot, and I used to love the films, but I remember being in the theaters when um, Infinity War and Endgame and stuff were coming out, and the trailers for Dark Phoenix, which is like an actually really great comic, but the movie was coming out. And they were showing that, and it was this big epic, like, it's the big in-game of that universe. Mm-hmm. And it just looked awful. It just looked so bad, you know? And, like, nobody went and saw it. And so, you know, it kind of is, right now, underrated. And it is kind mm-hmm. of unappreciated. But, yeah, I, 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 need to, I need to show you the old films, because I think you really would enjoy well, them. Well, I think that might be one reason I didn't really watch the old films, was because, like, it was so different than, like, the, the video oh, games yeah. I was playing. And, like, I hate it when I go to see a movie... I mean, um, I just recently saw one. Well, not recently, actually, but like the mon- a monster calls. Oh yeah, that's it's one of your book. favorite books. Yeah, right. It's one of my favorite books, and I loved the book. Yeah. And I went and saw the movie, and I remember like seeing that the movie was going to be released, and I freaked out. And then I went and saw it, and I was so disappointed. Yeah. And I was like, this completely changes my view on everything. Like, I yeah. I don't even know if this is the like. It was so disappointing, yeah. and like I didn't want that. I didn't want to go to X-Men and see a completely different, like, side of it. I understand that, yeah. And, like, be like, oh. Oh, this sucks, yeah. You know? I mean, I told you that story with World War Z, and I've told the, the viewers yeah. that about how the movie could not be any different from the book in every philosophical and basic way. <laughs> and it's like, man. Like, like you know, like, that kind of disappointing, like, because, like, you know, books, it's hard for books to become movies, especially right. now. And when they do, and then they kind of turn it into that, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about that with Harry Potter. I mean, like, I would sit there, and, like, right after I read the books, I would watch the movie, and yeah. I would pinpoint and you every would go, single oh, thing. yeah. And, like, my grandma started yelling, and she was like, you can't do this, Allison. Like, they changed things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember another thing, too, with that was, um, oh, gosh, I just thought, I just lost it. I just lost it. It wasn't World War Z. It was something else. Um, oh, dude, I had it. I literally had it. I just lost it. But, no, like, yeah, it's so hard for books to become movies, and then when they do, it's just, like, Oh man, like this isn't anything like it. Yeah, or, I mean, I just think it, like if you're not gonna do it right, then like don't turn the exactly. book into a movie. Well, I mean, look at our generation. Like Harry Potter, of course, had its ups and downs, but like Percy Jackson, like that book series. Yeah, I can never get into that. Well, though. no, but, but like yeah. I understand. What you mean. Yeah, but the book series. I mean, I was a fan. I wasn't a mega fan. That like almost couldn't get bigger when I was a kid, uh-huh. and they like made two movies and they just threw it away. Like that, <laughs> those movies were 
Yeah. And it's like, how could you, how could you not get that right? You know? And now you have kids that are 20, 30 years old now, like I am, who are saying, hey, Netflix, like, do it. And they actually, I think they are casting, like, they're going to redo it. But it's like, come on, like, get it right, yeah. you know? Well, and then there are some books that, like, I've read that the movies come out and they turn out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, um, we saw one recently. This is a great movie. little promo for right here. Um, <laughs> oh, my, The Art of Racing in oh, the Rain. Oh, I knew you were going to say it, yeah. It's so good. I didn't read it, but it was a great movie, yeah. I, I read it in, like... Oh, elementary school like I just like picked it up I was like oh there's a dog on the cover I'm gonna read yeah. it you know and it's this really cute story about this race car driver that has a dog that travels with him and oh they build like there's a family and it's so cute <laughs> and it's an amazing movie and book and the movie was everything you could dream of it was a great it was a phenomenal movie mm-hmm. I'll say that as someone who likes cars and racing and stuff and is a sucker for dog movies they kind of dragged me to it yeah, it'll make it'll make you cry. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a sad movie, but it's really cute. It's sweet. It's sweet. Um, for sure. I still got to think of the one I was going to give you an example for, for the books and the movies. It's, <laughs> it's killing me just to think because I, I know I had some an idea or something to say, for it. So for now, we'll just keep going. I'm oh goosebumps. That's it. So as a kid, oh, I mean, you both love goosebumps. Talk. Now I will say I have not seen the movie. I've heard it's actually somewhat good. But the whole premise was so different than what I wanted mm. to be that I just said, I'm good. I won't watch it. Yeah. Where Goosebump was this kind of honestly pretty creepy and never scary, but kind of pretty creepy kind of book series for kids, right? And they each the books never really connected. There were a few sequels, but for the most part, it was just like just anthology. These like one-off chapter books that were kind of creepy and stuff. And there were so many stories in that so that could have been many. amazing. And they had an old they had an old TV series that was pretty good. Um, but the movies. When they got announced with Jack Black, I went, oh my god, they've nailed it. But what it became was this weird meta, like, Teenage about, about R.L. Stein and stuff. And, like, that's cool, but it just wasn't what I was looking for. And so, for me, it was kind of like, oh, man. Uh, recently, there's a um, there's a Goosebumps spinoff series that I actually never read. I was Fear just Street, about to talk about that. And I kind of want to read it and then go watch it. <laughs> no, I was obsessed with Fear Street. Okay. Like, you don't even yeah. know. Goosebumps, like, I saw the books. Like, I would go in your room and I would see the books. Like, yeah. And I was like... Oh, those look kind of scary. Like, they're kind of Some of them too. were pretty I mean, damn I was like, creepy. Mm, I don't know if I could get into it. And I would see them in the library, and I was like, I don't know. But Fear Street, I don't even know. Like, I loved Fear Street yeah. so much. I would buy my own books. They had, like, we would go to Hastings. Yeah. And there would be, like, a double collection. And I, I remember there was this double collection book of Fear Street, and yeah. I didn't <laughs> buy it. And I was like, okay, well, we'll come back next time, and I'll buy it. And then they closed, and I Hastings never got closed. it. Yeah. But I just love Fear Street so much. And I just, I think... They were more modern books, and so that's why maybe okay, I yeah. connected with them See, more. So were they? Were they? Were they like? Because I remember Goosebumps had some other stuff that was like. Because Goosebumps was very much like elementary, intermediate school level. They had a few Goosebumps books that got like kind of more not adult, but like young adult that were frankly terrifying. Right? Um, were they like that? Were they like? Were they older, or were they just kind of different? They were just kind of. I mean, they say that it centered around this like certain street and maybe I just didn't read enough books to like really understand it <laughs> yeah. but I was just kind of like I'm just reading a bunch of scary stories here yeah. but there was a lot of really good ones and it was just like very creepy like like I don't even know how to describe it <laughs> yeah, like, unsettling, I guess yeah, yeah I guess it's just been so long too but I saw that they were releasing yeah, so Netflix, a new series yeah I'll have to look more into it and I know we're just like shamelessly promoting random shit now. <laughs> but uh yeah Fear Street I saw was like a Goosebumps you know it's a Goosebumps licensed but it's a Netflix thing where there it's like a trilogy of movies, each taking place in a different year but on the same street. And mm-hmm. it's like it's like nineteen ninety something, I think nineteen sixty or fifty something, and then there's like sixteen hundred something. Right. Which is kind of a cool concept. And I saw the reviews for the very first one, which is the nineteen ninety year one, were actually really good. So 
I'm kind of interested because I love horror, and me and Allison both watch a lot of horror. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of the things we do together, and so I'm curious to see if it's good. You know? I'm just so scared to watch it, and then it's like nothing like I, yeah. you know? Again, you know, Goosebumps, the, yeah, but the spinoff one got good reviews, but it just wasn't like what I thought it was. Goosebumps just has, just has such a big universe. It's like yeah. you have Fear Street, and then Fear Street even has, I have these two like huge novels yeah. um, of literally just the backstory of it. Yeah. I mean, like, it's about this family that like, comes to America and it's crazy. Which I guess is where they get that thing from. Okay. Right. That's yeah, what I don't know nothing about it. Yeah. Like there's two books I have that are literally like super big and it's just all about the history of Fear Street and it's wow. like who knew so much could go into it and I was like oh wow I'm gonna read this. Yeah. I never read it but <laughs> I also have a lot of books I've never finished but um, it's just a really big I, I, I want to talk about it for a second because I just love Goosebumps and I haven't talked about that with anyone in probably two decades and I'm 21 <laughs> or I guess a decade but um because we got plenty of time, Goosebumps to me were the coolest shit because it was like, as a kid, especially going to a school that is a 3A, 4A sized high school <laughs> or school and at that time 3A for sure, in a little rural town in Texas, there is not a lot of freedom in what you can read and what you can do. And our school did pretty good but still, there's not a lot of freedom in the content there and as a kid, you always want something spooky and scary until you actually read it or watch it and then you get freaked out. Goosebumps was the perfect line. And to this day, I need to go back and try to reread some of them. I don't know how he nailed it that well, but it was always spooky enough to kind of like freak you out, but never traumatizing, never like gory, never, right. it was never perfect. like, oh my God, like I need to like tell my mom about this. You know, it was always like, okay, I'm spooked, but like it's fun. And it's not like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I think some of that was because it was like a little bit, you know, fantasy, a little bit unrealistic. My favorite is still Horrorland, where this like, Horrorland was so crazy out there that it like it could never happen to me. But it was such a cool concept. This like family goes to an amusement park and like they're the only ones there. But it's like there's a bunch of monsters and stuff there that are like 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 the monsters aren't like these big things. They're like these basically people like they think like Monsters Inc. And they're like going on the rides and stuff. And the rides are like super super scary. But they like they all kind of make it through. Like, like you know they all kind of like just make it through alive kind of thing. Right. Um, and it was such a cool concept. And that book I remember stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember they had like there were some other creepy ones. Like one of the one of the best ones was the um, like the photograph that would like if you took someone's <gasps> photograph they died. I remember seeing it that was, on your desk. Yeah, though. it was freaky. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. So like I I loved uh, Goosebumps and like I think it's really really underrated. Right. And, and I remember like there was a shelf in the library. That was massive. And it Uh had almost every single book. And it was a cool thing of, if you were in the mood to read it, you could find a story you hadn't read yet. That's how many of them there were, you know? See, I always wanted to, like, read them in order, but I just never could. But, like, and R.L. Stein has just written so much. He's so good at everything. I mean, he, like, obviously there's some really scary Goosebump ones. but Or if you want to go into more of, like, a scary, like, a scary story that is not as scary but still has a storyline to it. I mean, I've read some by him. There was one... Um, about like a party at a house and they went and slowly people started dying off one by one. And yeah, because he had like short really story books book. and stuff. Well, and then there's one book I've read that's it's scary in a way, but not like the horror scary you would think of. And it's called The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. And it's about this girl that gets lost in the woods. And she like kind of wanders off on this walk and then gets lost in the woods for 10 days. Oh my gosh. And it's insane and it's crazy. And like she's literally like a little kid. I mean, she's not like five, but she was like 12, I think. And... It's a really interesting story just to see, because I always think about that. I'm like, if someone gets lost in the woods, what do they even do? Yeah. And it goes through to see like how she got food, how she was entertaining herself, yeah. even, how she was getting back. And it's a really good story. And they were going to turn it into a movie. 
and then it got canceled. I was so upset because it would be such a good film, I in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm trying to look up right now because there was a book that I remember was just insane because he had his he had his normal Goosebumps books, he had short story books, but there was a book and I really am trying to find it right now because I just want to I would want to throw out the title that was for some reason in the elementary trying to bring elementary library that had like this terrifying face on the front and I remember checking it out. Reading it for like five minutes and going, oh my god, no, <laughs> this is too much. And I remember the librarian; she was like almost just put out because people had kept checking it out and then getting too scared and being like, "Why did I order this book?" Almost, <laughs> or why did someone else order this book? Because people thought, "Oh, R.L. Stein, Goosebumps. I'll go ahead and get that." But it was it was too much, you know. Um, but I will say one thing I like about him too is that um, I know we're going on a absolute like crazy rant here about um, Goosebumps. But hey, we got plenty of time. Um, was he had a genre for everybody within horror? So I love that because me and you watch horror movies. I love sci-fi horror. I love slashers. I love ghost horror. I love all kinds of stuff. He had that in book form. So for me, I never really cared for like werewolves and like vampires. Right. But he had that. You know what I mean? I like zombies. I like kind of the the, the ghosts and stuff. I like the I, I like the Twilight Zone stuff, like the one where you take the picture oh, of someone. Yeah. Because those kind of Twilight Zone esque stories where there's not like a monster or anything. But something's just kind of messed up, or like something's like cursed, like the camera, or there's one that's like that's like the cursed mask or whatever, where someone like has like a Halloween mask and they can't take it off or whatever. Those kind of really freaky ones. I love those. So he had all kinds of books like that where you could kind of whatever you were into, horror wise, spooky wise, whatever scared you, you could get. You could find it with RL sign. So I found the book by the way. It's uh, (laughs) a, it's Nightmare Hour, (laughs) and this is the cover. It's called Time for Terror. And it's just, this is the cover, Alice. I'm going to show you. I, listeners, oh, I can't really show you. Oh, I remember you, seeing But it's this scary. Somewhere. It's just like a weird face on the front. And I remember seeing this and being like, oh my God, like this is way more a step up than Goosebumps, the original type of books. Um, one thing I'll say too is there's just something so nice about the really vintage kind of old school Goosebumps that are hardcover that have that kind of very 90s and 80s mm-hmm. kind of art on it. Um, I love that. Our, our, our library had all, a ton of those and then had some of the new ones which have this kind of more... 2000s poppy like kind right, of right and that was more of the Fear Street know. I feel I mean there were old Fear Street ones yeah. but the Fear Street definitely continued into like the more modern times well the but. cool thing was when you could find a sequel so I'm, just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the books right now Say Cheese and Die was the one with the camera <gasps> yeah. there was a sequel I never even read called Say Cheese and Die Again but if you could ever find those sequels it was like finding a diamond in the rough because Goosebumps you know we were little kids we're not keeping up with these things this is before smartphones or you know social media we're not keeping up with the latest releases we literally are finding these at book fairs or whatever and being like whoa did you know he wrote this one so finding a sequel really was like a real horror movie where like you find like the cursed object is back again like mm-hmm. oh my god the the Jumanji game is back in our house like what happened it was like that where you would be in the library and you go oh my god there's a cursed mummy book too yeah. and it was like it was such You're a like, how cool can this moment. go on yeah so that, that kind of thing i just loved no i'm looking up back at these fear street books and i'm thinking about like all these different um like i'm seeing these covers and i'm like oh my gosh i remember this i mean they were just all kinds of different stories kind of set in the same town i mean like there were stories of like oh so and so has a girlfriend but she's acting real weird like she's probably <laughs> yeah. a murderer or um, like the confession. I remember there was this one that I never read, but it was like they worked at a movie theater and then they found this bag full of like money and a knife or something, and they were like, oh, "What are we gonna do?" And so it was definitely more like kind of childish horror, but like not as scary as like you take a picture but and you definitely die. Less fantasy than <laughs> oh, the goosebumps, yeah. where it's like, "Yeah, there's a werewolf in town," or "There's an alien." It's like no, it's like someone like is a murderer. Mm-hmm. You know? 
And then, I mean, like, they re- were released back in the 90s. It looks like I didn't even realize they were that old when I was reading them. Yeah. But, like, he did carry them more into the 21st century, too. Um, I mean, he had some, like, 2015. Yeah. Like, he had all these different books. But Fear Street, I, like you yeah. said, is a really good... I guess good... we'll have to try to give it a watch. I mean, yeah. like I said, the first one I was kind of shocked had such a good... Because the way I saw it was on Instagram. It was, like, one of the pages, like, IGN that does, like, reviews of stuff. And they had a description of what it was. And as I read the description, I went, man, that must suck. And I swiped the page, the little window thing, the picture, to see what the score was. It was like a nine point something. I was like, wow, okay, never mind. This must be pretty good. Uh, well, okay, anyway, enough tangent. I'm, uh, I'm glad we talked about that. <laughs> we went from character to Fear Street. Give me something interesting uh, for the uh, the podcast here, uh, for the listeners to kind of have something uh, different to listen to, I guess. Um, but we have one more thing left. But before we get to that last topic, we're into our side, our little side segment, which is food dish. What would the food dish you could have, you could just snap your fingers on the island, be? I would have to say pasta. Ooh, what, what kind? What kind, though? Anything. I mean, like, pasta, because uh, you can do broad, anything. too broad. If I said, I want grilled meat, that's a little too, you know. Ooh, okay. Probably this, like, creamy Cajun one that my mom makes. I mean, Cajun I guess you can find pasta. it other places, Is it, too. like, penne? Like, I, I don't even think I've had it. It's bow tie, <laughs> and it's, like, creamy Cajun, like, Alfredo. Oh, I know, because I don't like Alfredo as much. Right. That's why. It's gotcha. so good. But I feel like pasta, I mean, I can say pasta, and I could do anything. I could do that a creamy true. mushroom sauce. I could do um, a spaghetti sauce. But it's also just something I mean, you're not going to get on an island, you know? Right. All that I mean, grain and, you know, it. yeah. Yeah, but I could, boom, pasta. Pasta is so good. If I had to choose a drink, I would say coffee. I have to mention <laughs> She's that. a coffee nut. So. I love coffee. It's funny because you get that from our dad who is also a coffee crazy <laughs> person. And you have me and my mom who just are like, yeah, I guess. See, he's more of just like, I get one thing and that's it. Like, I branch out. I go to different She's places. I try girl, different, yeah. like... Um, like different drinks every time I go. I mean, like I used to hate coffee, like hated it so much. For those of you that have been to Dunkin', you know how sweet their coffees are. And I used to drink Dunkin' coffee and be like, this is so strong. I can't even drink this. And now I just drink it if I want something super sweet. I mean, like I've grown a lot, but I love coffee. Well, you also just grown up in general. <laughs> True. Um, but yes, no, yeah. Um, so your final topic here is album. And for those that don't know, I really am scared of the one you're going to pick because I know it's an artist that you like that I just don't like, and I'm scared that's who you're going to pick. So go ahead, Allison. I'm not going to pick who you think I'm going to pick. Okay. He doesn't even have an album. That's okay. So explain yours, and I'll explain what's going on. I'm going to have to say one of the big ones would be Greta Van Fleet from oh, no anthem i know it's, it's a anthem long of the ass, peaceful army. yeah it's a long ass title simply because is that your pick or your honorable mention that's my pick i have an honorable mention it is such a like a groovy album and like there's so many different songs on it i mean if you want like calm and chill flower power boom if you want like a mystical one boom anthem if you or age of man yeah you guys have no idea what i'm talking about unless you listen to it but <laughs> there's all these different songs if you want like a rock song you got highway to you yeah. got uh, black smoke rising like there's such good songs on it and i i just love that band so much i mean like before we dive into it too much ugh. what's your honorable mention I my honorable mention one. is actually ease my mind by ben platt or maybe it's sing to me and said just kidding it's sing to me and said by ben okay. platt that's okay. the name of the album so I, I was gonna say i was worried not about that guy but there's another guy you really like or at least used to <laughs> he's a little problematic now but ansel elgort who oh used to do gosh. stuff musically and i used to never understand her love of that but I'm glad you didn't pick that guy. His music is... I actually just, like, recently have started listening to it again. I mean, like, just, like, to show people. But, like, it's good music. But I just... I can't yeah, get behind it yeah. after recent <laughs> situations. So, so anyway, um, with Greta, I want to ask. Was I the one that showed you Greta? Mm-hmm. Was, we, you okay. showed me... You actually showed me it. We were riding in the car and you were like, 
yeah, there's this really weird band from like Michigan. Like yeah. they're so young. And I was like, oh, wow, really? You know? And I looked him up and like, I heard the song and I was like, it's a really good yeah, song. Because you were raised like, not as much as I was, but you were still raised like I was from dad with classic rock and metal mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And what happened was Greta Van Fleet really blew up about a year or two ago with that album. But what happened was I remember it was my freshman year of college. I was in history class or something like on my way out the door and this thing popped up on my phone that was like yeah this band like is blowing up sound just like led zeppelin that's kind of the joke is that is that the lead singer does sound a lot like robert plant from led zeppelin but the more you look into him it's that's not their main shtick it's a lot more than that Mm -hmm. but it was this really funny kind of thing where they were very divisive in the rock community because all these basically quote-unquote old heads who like didn't want anyone new to like kind of do anything really or like just they always kind of you know complain about anything new we're finding every excuse to go, eh, whatever, they suck or whatever. And critically, they got some kind of air ratings. I think they're really good. They really do kind of bring back that 70s and like late 60s, just crazy, like Led Zeppelin, uh, Rush kind of vibe of rock of just belting vocals, mm-hmm. crazy guitar, really rhythmic drums that we had not seen before. Like we've seen people imitate 90s grunge, we've seen people imitate. Like, even, like, kind of hippie rock, like, like some stuff you'd see on the Beatles. And we've even seen a little bit of that 80s rock kind of come back. But for whatever reason, people just haven't touched that kind of late 60s, early 70s era. I think that's so hard to replicate. And they are just doing it so well. And I remember hearing that album and going, whoa, this is, like, good. Like, it's, at least for me, who's a fan of just kind of feel-good rock right. and roll. And it really has kind of got this, like, very hippie kind of vibe of, like, you know, they're very much these kind of hippie dudes who are, like, you know... Peace Very and love, and yeah, you know, the kind of cringe, like, kind of hipster type stuff, too. But but that kind of vibe of, like, yeah, man, like, all our voices can come together as one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, but yeah. it really was good. And so I remember showing her that, because you did like some of that kind of music more than, like, the metal stuff. Uh, so I showed you Highway Tune and Black Smoke Rising. Black Smoke Rising was the Because they were the best first songs, song I, heard. I think. I think it's one of the best songs to, like, introduce you to yeah. the band. I mean, maybe not now with the direction they've gone. They recently recently released an album in, I don't even know. Oh, it was last or Like, late year? 2020. Yeah. And it just... It was kind of disappointing just from my view of Greta Van Fleet yeah. because, like, I know them... We, I mean, I saw them in concert. Well, we saw them in concert. Yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. It's a very... They're very, like... I just remember them as such like a, I wouldn't say rock icon because they're not like a high classic. Energy, high energy. A high energy, like big, like yeah. rock on, you know? And like even the, like the slower songs were still like, I mean, still rock. Yeah. And it was, it was, I just love yeah. like the image they had. And now they're just kind of gone in like this mystical, like. So what it's called is, you know, it's prog rock. It's yeah. prog rock, which is very experimental. I can definitely dig it in the right mindset. But it's a lot rarer that I go in, that I that I'm with my headphones on or in my car and I go I want to put that on. It's way right. rarer to do that, right? It's like listening to a Pink Floyd album. For those that are familiar with Pink Floyd, they have some incredible stuff. But you're not always in the mood for a seven minute guitar solo. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And so the new album was good, but it definitely I, I agree with you. I was kind of looking more of the, I was looking more towards the uh, kind of just classic rock vibes uh-huh. than the prog rock. But it was good. But I think that first album is just so phenomenal because mm-hmm. it is such a feel-good, like, yeah, man, like let's just jam out. And, and, and I want to talk about the concert for a second. That was such a cool experience because you've been to a few, I've been to a lot of like rock and metal <laughs> concerts of bands that are definitely past their prime. Like they're definitely good, but they're just, you know, they're getting old. They're 60, 70 years old. I mean, almost 80. I think Alice Cooper's almost 80. Stuff like that. And these artists are amazing, but you can tell that it's 2021 or 2015 or whatever. And you're seeing these rock bands when they're old and they're, you know, they're, 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 they're getting up there. Greta Van Fleet was such a cool experience and shocked me because I liked them a lot. 
But I actually grew to love them from that concert because it was like seeing a 70s rock band in their prime with the weird fashion and the, and the, <laughs> and the swinging the guitar band. and the playing the guitar upside down and the, the shredding and jumping all over the stage. And like, I've seen the Rolling Stones at concert, okay? And Mick Jagger, for how old he, he is, is extremely energetic. But even he can't be how he was when he was 20. Right. And these guys were. Well, know? and these, I think they're definitely taking care of themselves too. I mean, yeah. like, they're not just like going on concerts every weekend. I mean, the lead singer, Josh, he, um, like, he got sick for a while and he yeah. postponed his concert. He's like, I'm not going to risk losing, yeah. like, losing my voice and not being able yeah. to do what I love just because I want to go perform for you. Well, I mean, like. And that's what's funny is because it's not the 1970s, they're not. You know, doing crack or you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or doing cocaine and, and and smoking a bunch of cigarettes every right. day. Like they really are just kind of like average dudes, and so yeah. they're gonna last for a while. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what they do next. I think that really the magic for me was they revitalized a part of rock that I thought just would never be brought mm-hmm. back. You know, and I just really like their I just like their atmosphere too. I mean, just like what like uh, they're just so down to earth. Like yeah, you said, really, like, hippie kind of people. Stuff. I mean, like you watch their interviews and they're just so chill. Yeah, I mean. They don't think they're these giant famous people. I mean, yeah, it, they're just really, really. It, cool yeah, guys. and it's fun. And they're, they're, they're. It's just so cool because, like, the people that people kind of insult them with, like, oh, you sound like, like, like Led, Led Zeppelin, or you sound like whatever. They've been endorsed by. It. Like Robert Plant <laughs> yeah. got asked about them, and Robert Plant was like, "I dig them. They sound cool." Yeah. Like, and he goes, "Even if they, they do sound like back. me, so what? You can't help the way you sing. You know, because I mean? <laughs> yeah. the way he sings does sound like him, but it's it's not forced. Like it's yeah. really damn good." Well. And I really hope that's one reason they didn't go in this direction with their album is because maybe people kept saying, yeah. you sound too much like Led Zeppelin. And I hope they didn't go in this direction just so they could prove to people like, look, yeah. we're our own band. Yeah. Because, I mean, I do think they love what they're doing and they're kind of developing this new image. They're not as like, I would say they're not as um, like hippie mountain men as they used to be. Yeah. But they're like kind of going this new direction and I just really hope it's not because of... Like, well, what's funny is my, my always rebuttal to that, that whole thing of... They sound so much like like Led Zeppelin or like Rush was, and like we had a, like and what about well, it? <laughs> I was I was like a baby, but the early two thousands was a decade of just of of grunge wannabes and <laughs> and people that wanted to sound like Nickelback or Creed over and over. And those bands are kind of subpar, right? So if someone's trying to sound like Led Zeppelin, arguably one of the greatest bands in rock and roll and even in music, why is that a, a bad? I mean, thing? Yeah, you're not going to get anything. If they're doing it well, you know, if they've got the approval seal of approval from from Robert Plant. And they're doing it damn good. Who gives a shit? They, right. you know, like it's rock and roll, man. Like you know, Metallica, all these other bands that came out. There are bands that want to be like them and play like mm-hmm. them, and no one ever really calls them out. You know, I could I could sit here and say, well, you know, Avenged Sevenfold or whatever wants to be like Metallica. That's kind of far fetched, but you know, it, if they're still good, they're good. You know, mm-hmm. so that's a great pick, especially because I think that you are going to want to kind of vibe out, but you're also going to kind of rock out. You know, it's very varied. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a great, great, great pick. Um, anything else you want to say about them? About them? I don't think so. I will say it was a great concert. And I think it was very surreal because it was like, I had listened to Greta Van Fleet like so much leading up to this because it was a bit like the first big, uh, well, not the first big concert, but the first rock concert I've ever been, ever been to. And obviously it's not like an Ed Sheeran where you just kind of sit down all the time and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, go Ed Sheeran. (laughs) I mean, like. You're vibing oh, out, yeah. and the people at rock concerts, as I have come to learn, are very interesting <laughs> well, people. Yeah, I grew up on them, and me and my dad went to concerts constantly, not as much anymore, unfortunately. But like, I will say that was a very interesting concert to go to because you saw the normal people I was used to, which is these old, old rock fans who are like all the way in their 80s to as young as like their 40s, but they're very much like, yeah, we grew up on it, kind of think they're better than you, but a lot of them are just kind of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Some are really down to earth. 
And then you had a lot of the young people. And that's what was interesting to me because it used to be, I'm not kidding, when I went to rock concerts, I was the youngest person in the room by far, okay? <laughs> yeah. Or at least with a bunch of other kids who were kids of rockers, right? And so to go into a concert where, no, it's a lot more even. It's like it's a good mix of like 15, 20-year-olds to you know 30-year-olds to then 60-year-olds and stuff instead of it being 80% 40 through 60 and 20% 30 and under, you know? Yeah, that was sure. what was interesting to me. It was just, it was so cool. I thought it was awesome. And know? I think it, it's kind of funny because it's like when I first started listening to them, I would say they were definitely much smaller. I mean, they were not as big as they are yeah. now by far. But like, it was so funny because I was sitting, I was in the middle, a little story time. I was in the middle of a star test and I knew the tickets were going to be released on this day. <laughs> like I knew, like they were releasing these really strange videos of like the places they were going to be performing. Yeah. You know? And it's like. No one could tell where they were. And I was like, are they going to be going on tour? Like, what's happening? And so then they found out they're going on tour. And I was like, oh, they're coming to Texas. And so I was like, I have to get tickets. I was in the middle of a standardized test. And I was yeah. like, I'm not going to be able to. My mom's working like this and this and this. Like, I can't get tickets. Yeah. And I get out of the test and I get my phone back. And I saw that I had gotten tickets. And it was like, oh, everything yeah. was and right. And I say, we were fortunate because for some reason, they only played one show in Texas. Which still blows my mind because Texas is usually very fortunate. We get a right. lot. Of, we get at least Dallas and Houston, if not Dallas, Austin, and Houston. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of crazy. Um, but what's funny to me is I don't even know if I'll see them if they come back around because I just, yeah. I don't care enough for I the just album. Don't know. Um, hopefully the third one's like a little bit more of the rock, but you know who knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything else you want to say about it? I don't think so. Can I talk about my honorable mention? Yeah, go for it. I just skimmed over. Yeah, go for it. So Ben Platt, sing to me instead. This was. <laughs> An album that changed me. I, I don't know. But <laughs> it is an amazing album. So Ben Platt is this big Broadway star. For those of you know, like Dear Evan Hansen, Book of Mormon. He's been in all those musicals. He's really big. Love him so much. His voice is like, oh, it's amazing. Um, he released this album, Sing to Me Instead, uh, 2018, like, 2019, I think. And it was a really big thing because it was like, it was the first kind of artist that I had followed that was... Making music for a living was not their main thing. I mean, like, he was Broadway, and then he released an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like that first big thing for me. So seeing him transition from Broadway and taking that Broadway voice to an album was kind of very interesting. Yeah. And, like, the songs, kind of like I said, it had such variety because there were definitely a lot of slow songs and, like, sad songs. But there was also a lot of, like, upbeat hype songs that get too excited. And it's just such a beautiful album. And I saw him in concert, too, and I think this is one reason I love the... The, um, album so much is because this is one of the first concerts that I actually went to and like it kind of hit me like oh my gosh like he's right there because like I had looked up for this guy to this guy for so long and just listening to his music and seeing him it's just it was amazing but yeah I really really love the album I was, gonna, I was gonna say you should check out uh I'm trying to look it up while you're talking because I wanted to make sure I got the name right uh she and her or oh, I'm sorry not she and her she and him it's the same thing with Zoe Deschanel who's an actress, but she makes really oh, good okay. stuff with, oh, I don't know, I don't know the guy, I want to say, oh, okay, it's a folk artist, M. Ward, I don't know him that well, I just, I ran his face, but uh, her, though, and him have done music together, and it is just phenomenal, See? like, it is like that thing of, like, whoa, this person has a good voice, but, like, <laughs> yeah. they're actually going to, like, do something with it, you know, it's not acting, because she would sing in shows and stuff. Um, but yeah, she did a uh, she did a few albums with this guy that are just and she hasn't done stuff with him in forever, but are just really 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 good mm-hmm. and like, whoa, and it's a different perspective, you know? Right, and I mean, he everyone knows like Broadway voice is definitely a lot different than yeah. like pop and song voice, but he's just 
he has such uh, what's it called like, he can go between the two so well and like you yeah. can definitely hear like oh he has that Broadway voice and like he has that really high like vibrato or yeah. whatever that he goes into but like it used to kind of bother me I was like mm, he's bringing Broadway to this like I don't want to <laughs> listen to this but like I, then I just realized like if he's just taking his own approach on it yeah. I mean like he's not going to sound like every other, every other singer out there and like it's hard. You can't just completely change your voice, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, he's doing really good. And, like, he recently released a song, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I like it. He's taking a very pop approach on yeah. things, whereas Sing To Me Instead was more of kind of, like, acoustic vibes. Like, yeah. there was some upbeat, but, like, it was still very much acoustic. And then this new one is just, like, boom, pop. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's different, like, yeah. Like, what's he doing? But, I mean, he's just... He's just experimenting. I mean, like, he's doing such great things. He's releasing an album soon. I don't know when it's coming out, but, like, he's doing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited to see what he does in the future and Absolutely. see what he does with his voice. Yeah. Well, any other things you want to talk about? I don't think so. All right. I think I've hit everything. Well, <laughs> um, I want to say thanks, of course. Thanks, sis, for coming on. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you're, you know, we're able to come on and stuff. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about where people can find you before I go into kind of the last thing of the show. Oh, I dropped my Instagram handle. Yeah, if you want to, go for okay, it. Okay, bet. Um, it's my name with a U, so A-L-L-I-S-U-N, 612. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. I don't use Twitter that much. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I'm glad you could be on it, dude. Yeah. Um, it, it was a great time. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed seeing like another piece of my family, or I guess the first little piece of my family and stuff, um, and that kind of thing. Um, the episode's not over yet. I want to talk about one kind of big update on the show. So if you stayed this long, thanks. Um, this is kind of a big, a bigger thing that I've been thinking about for a while. And that is that the show may go on hiatus slash have a reimagining of some sort. Um, I do have some really good guests lined up still that I really want to try to get in. Um, for I would say probably the next, I probably have a good four or five coming up that I really do want to do still. But... I am coming up on my last real semester of classes. So I'm coming up on my senior year, but I only have this fall semester where I actually have like substantial amount of classes. The spring semester of next year will be hopefully a semester where I do an internship along with maybe a few independent study type things. Um, so this semester is very important. I'm taking my final kind of capstone type class for my major as well as taking the graduate uh, uh, or the GRE, the, the basic graduate exam. Um, and trying to apply to graduate school. So I'm going to be very, very busy where even with the once every other week deadline that I wanted to do, which I will try to continue this summer, I don't think I can hit that during the school year. Um, and so um, I'm still going to do, of course, the next four or five, five episodes, however many I have kind of lined up already to get those uh, to get those out because I really do think there's some cool people that I want to talk to and have you all here. Um, and those will try to be every other week. Um, and that could continue into the early fall. But whenever I run out of those episodes, um, I have one episode of myself that is kind of uh, one that I've done with Julian, actually. He's the one that was nice enough to kind of interview me. Um, that's an unnumbered episode that I will release either on episode 10 or at the very end of the current run. I don't know yet. But keep an eye out. I, I'm, I'm weighing the options in my mind right now. It could be that the show goes on just a hiatus and I just won't post at all. But what I think I'm going to try to do is kind of reimagine the show. That could be a whole new show, so you could see the podcast feed change. So if you're currently following me on Spotify or Apple or whatever, you could see maybe like a new title, a new art, and a whole new kind of topic. So just keep an eye out for that. I'll, I'll definitely try to update you guys once I know. 
Um, Because I'm thinking about doing a similar type of show or a show with similar kind of vibes, like this kind of, you know, low-key interview with some kind of just, you know, positive stories and stuff, but in a different format. Um, And that'll be, no matter what I do, whether I continue this show or do a different show or whatever, it will be in a lot more spaced out format. So even if I just decide to do this show the way it is right now um, in the school year, in the fall, it will much more likely be like once a month, which I know is not great. If you do really love the show, I am sorry about that, but it's a lot of stuff going on. So I got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, and there is another show I'm trying to do that will also take up some time that I've really been trying to work hard on with Julian. We've been really putting some good effort into that, and I want to make sure that goes smoothly as well. And so just you know, be aware of that. Thank you guys for sticking with me. I really can't thank you guys enough. No matter what happens with the show, whether we go on hiatus, whether we continue the show as it is, or whether we start a whole new show, I am so, so, so incredibly thankful for everybody. Most of you are people I know in real life or have known in real life at some point. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for throwing out some messages of support, messages with ideas, volunteering to be on the show. It really has meant the world to me. And I hope I can I can continue to give you guys some form of entertainment that gives you some cool positive vibes in the day. So whether that is going to be this show or another one, I hope you guys stick with me. Uh, but I'll keep you guys updated. It's not the end yet. I just want to let you guys know. So we'll have a good, a good handful of more coming up. Um, throughout the summer and maybe even into the early fall and as we go on I will keep you guys updated on the kind of decisions I'm making about the future of the show but I wanted to let you guys know as soon as possible once I kind of realize that that that's maybe what's going to happen in the fall so you guys know and you're kind of prepared you don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden it's the it's the uh, um, I don't know Brian Cranston show and the actor Brian Cranston is on with me I don't know that's just a dumb joke thing but you know stuff like that so I'll keep you guys updated Uh, Thank you once again for sticking with me. I hope you really enjoyed episode eight. Once again, I'm so sorry for the delay. Illness, holidays, the whole nine yards. I thought that stuff would happen in like the winter, not in the summer, but it definitely happened. So, you know, life happens, right? But I should be back hopefully within the next week or so. I'm going to release this on a Friday and then I'm going to try if possible to actually release another episode a week after, if possible, to kind of make up for all the weeks I've been gone. But if not, it'll be every other week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I hope to see you guys, uh, or I guess I hope you guys tune in soon. Sorry. Um, and, you know, I just can't thank you guys enough. So I know I've been rambly as hell today, but it's just good to be back. I'm, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. And, you know, like always, message me, leave some comments, whatever, on my Instagram or whatever, or hit me up and let me know what, you, you know, what you're thinking of the show and stuff. So thank you guys so much. Um, have a great one, and I'll see you guys next time.